Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. We would be honoured if you would join us. Spark of Rebellion. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Spark of Rebellion, your weekly Star Wars show brought to you from a galaxy far, far away. I'm your host, Mark Asquith, flying solo today as my main man, Mr. Gary Ehlert, is wandering the hyperspace lanes again, looking for a new home somewhere on the outer rim. Enjoy, guys. Good luck. We'll see you back here next week, my main man. And look, before we get into anything today, um, we've awoken this morning to the very, very sad news um, that the fantastic actor Mr. Chadwick Boseman has passed um, after a four year battle with colon cancer so it would be unjust of me not to address that first and foremost um, as part of uh, part of pop culture uh, and just part of being an inspiration to millions and millions of people around the world um, so exceptionally sorry to hear that thoughts with family friends and everyone around uh, Mr. Boseman so rest in peace Chadwick Boseman um, thanks for everything thanks for all of the uh, Thanks for all the great stuff that you did. What a what a shocking morning that has been. Nonetheless, we plough on. We plough on. So, I'm going to be talking a little bit about uh, what's next for Star Wars. I had a bit of an interesting conversation with one of our patrons, Kev Mullen, over on Facebook early this week. And it kind of ties in with uh, a, a, an article that was out around the last couple of days, which <laughs> inevitably stemmed from the wonderful uh, future ruler of Earth, Doomcock. Um... But, you know, really, it is just being persistent. You know, what's next for Star Wars? And then Kathleen Kennedy came out and said some bits as well. So we're going to dig into that today, and I'm going to do a bit of a solo episode just on that particular thing. We'll get back to the news and stuff next week. But I'm going to do a bit of a, an op-ed on that uh, today. But before I do that, of course, just remember that you can check us out on the socials. Go and give us a, a little, I don't know, whatever you want. Give us a little favourite, give us a little tweet, give us a little RT, give us a little park on the face to be whatever you want to do over on the social media just go and find us search for spark rebellion and if you want to have some banter you want to chat star wars you want to chat the future of star wars the past of star wars whatever whatever just let us know over there and we'll interact we have a good time and uh, in fact gas posted something about lego star wars over on instagram this week and uh, had a good old chat with a few people that were dismayed to see that Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, had been indeed postponed until 2021. So you want to get involved in that conversation, head over there and just search for Spark Rebellion in your social media app. And of course, if you want to get involved, just like Kevin, just like Sean, just like Chris, like Tom, like the rest of the people who support us over on Patreon, the wonderful people that help us to produce this show by giving us listener support every single week, then you can do that. You can actually become a patron. You can get some amazing Spark Rebellion swag. We're actually starting to get back into the office a little bit tentatively, a little bit tentatively. So we're going to be able to start sending swag out again uh, because our pesky COVID, that stopped us sending swag out for the last few months. But we are getting back into the office. So if you want to get involved, 
If you want to get some Spark of Rebellion swag, go ahead and do so over at patreon.com forward slash Spark of Rebellion. You can, as at now, you can get involved from as little as $1, but that will be changing. So jump on the bandwagon whilst you still can. Now, there's persistent rumours in there, and these seem to be fuelled by uh, one particular uh, in- internet uh, news outlet that is the main man, the future Earth overlord, the ruler of the future Earth, Mr. Doomcock, or Mrs. Doomcock. And, you know, it's always, at the minute, it's always my sources, this is Doomcock, my sources say that high-ranking officials over at Disney aren't happy with Kathleen Kennedy, and off we go. You know, Kathleen Kennedy's out, there's a big civil war. Like, you've heard us talk about it several times. And... There were two stories that came out this week that fascinated me, and they both kind of allude to the future of Star Wars. Uh, so there was number one, which was that um, Star Wars is... I don't, even, I don't even know if this is like a thing, right? Okay, but Star Wars is, is now, and Disney overall, is becoming less woke, okay? We'll get to that in a second, less woke. <laughs> it's really hard for me to say that in a northern accent. Less woke. So that's one story, right? Part that over there for one second, we'll get to that in a second. And then... The other story is that Kathleen Kennedy reckons that Star Wars is taking a bit of a step, a bit of a hiatus when it comes to its movies, and taking a bit of a, a, a revisit of certain things. And, and in particular, she talks about the fact that, look, we've been writing Star Wars stories for 40 years. It's time to go back and have a look at what George Lucas' original vision was. And then, also, she dropped an interesting tidbit saying that even though we've been writing for 40 years, the actual Star Wars in-universe timeline spans 25,000, you know, so you talk about extended universe, Knights of the Old Republic, and so on and so forth. So, when you put all these things together, like, it becomes quite fascinating, because regardless of what you think of the sequel trilogy, there's no doubt that, you know, the, the large portion of the populace, you know, whether you're a Star Wars fan or not, kind of thinks that it was a swing and a miss, all right? It started very, very strong with The Force Awakens. And, you know, yes, of course, it was a rehash of A New Hope, but, you know, I don't envy J.J. Abrams. In fact, there was a new story this week as well about him uh, potentially not being the right choice to start and finish the new trilogy, the, the, the latest trilogy. But, you know, that's for another day. The Force Awakens was what it was. You know, it was, um, yes, it was a rehash, but it kind of had to be. You know, it had to tick not only the beats of the story that, that felt familiar, you know, we had to make sure that it felt familiar, because otherwise it would have been too much of a leap. You know, we had to reintroduce the original characters. We had to, of course, make sure that the new characters had time to uh, to ground themselves and to breathe and to become part of the culture and then to obviously move forward from there. Then The Last Jedi swung around and divided people, all right? And there's still so many people on the fence about that. There's people that hate it. There's people that love it. And then The Rise of Skywalker, which for many, many Star Wars fans in particular, was a huge, huge, huge disappointment, all right? So when you put this together, this was an interesting chat that I had with um, with Kev Mullen. So thank you for your support, Kev, as normal. And it, it was kind of, it was interesting timing because it was, I'd, you know, I'd been reading these news articles about Star Wars and Disney in particular becoming less quote-unquote woke. Um, and Kev said, well, look, you know, Rey was essentially a Disney princess, something for people to aspire to. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. But the problem with that, of course, then meant that you couldn't necessarily do something that left that character in a dark place, hence the no turn to the dark side and so on and so forth. So there's nothing wrong with that positioning, but it's almost a let's just accept that positioning and, and, and kind of move on from it as opposed to trying to tease the dark side and so on. Like there's no way that we could do that. Kev also posits as well that in the original scripts and the original drafts that people like, uh, people, Wookies, like Chewie and droids like R2 and C3PO 
uh, were indeed going to be destroyed and the Millennium Falcon was going to be destroyed. And again, these are all very beloved things that it would be very difficult to imagine Star Wars without. But at the end of the day, it was the end of the saga. The Rise of Skywalker was the end of the saga. So there would have theoretically been nothing wrong with that. Except for, and this is something we've seen in Star Wars ever since, well, day one really. Except for merchandise. You kill Chewie, you ain't got no Chewie merchandise. You kill R2, you kill C-3PO, you ain't got no merchandise, all right? So you've kind of got this challenge where, you know, Star Wars has it's always been like this. You know, George Lucas negotiated that merch deal all those years ago. Return of the Jedi, arguably the Ewoks are in there for the merch. And, you know, the, the same is true as of 2020 with the Rise of Skywalker, late 2019 into 2020. And I, I get it. I get that opinion and I get that, I get that positioning completely. And, I, and, and, you know, we are Disney, ultimately. We are now part of Disney. And... That's what they do. You know, I was in Orlando in March and, you, you know, you walk through um, Disneyland, Disney World, whichever the one, whichever the one is at, uh, at Orlando. And we were at Disney Springs in particular, went for some food and, you know, just went to shoot the breeze, get a few beers. And everything, you know, there's a huge focus on merchandise, everything. You know, I bought some Lego Star Wars. Uh, I bought some merchandise from the Star Wars store there. And it is all merchandise. So if you wipe C-3PO out, for example, how do you continue with that? Now, I'm not sure that that's really that much of a problem overall because people know that C-3PO existed. And I think just because a character gets wiped out in a movie doesn't mean that you can't continue to produce merchandise. So I'm not, I'm not fully convinced that, that, that removing someone from the Skywalker saga like that, and I'm saying someone even though it's a bloody droid, removing someone, something, like C-3PO from the saga would result in a lack of ability to merch that thing out. I'm not quite sure of that because at the end of the day, they're still in the movie. But Gaz and I sort of talked about this a couple of weeks ago where we said, in fact, it was last week, you know, we don't know if Disney ultimately have got the balls to do anything drastic. You know, we thought C-3PO was going to get wiped out in Rise of Skywalker. It didn't happen in the end. And it was, there were so many of those little things, okay? We saw a little tease of Ray. Guess what? It was just a tease of Ray in the dark. That was it. There was nothing really uh, as dark side Ray. You know, there was nothing. It was just a, a for, potential foreshadowing, a little bit like Luke um, in the Dagobah cave. And whatever, okay, that is what it is, but it feels like a back down. And, and this is where Kev's um, kind of story got a little bit interesting. Again, we were chatting on Facebook about this. Um, and he made a really, really good point about this. And it kind of ties in with a couple of news reports that you see out there. So let's kind of rewind a bit before we get to this. There were some news reports out there that Kathleen Kennedy had come right in at the last stages uh, forced a load of reshoots, forced a load of backtracking, you know, things like taking Anakin out, um, things like taking out the Jedi appearing, um, all sorts of different things. And then in particular, forcing Palpatine into the story, forcing Palpatine into the story. And let's be honest, like we all know that that's the case. Like, you can see it a mile off. No way on earth was Palpatine planned from day one. Not a chance, not a chance. And the reason for that is exceptionally clear in that, look, there's no hint of it in any of the other movies in the in the third trilogy. Force Awakens positions Snoke. Last Jedi positions Kylo Ren. Uh, you know, Palpatine wasn't even a thought. Not even a thought. And then we didn't get a payoff with Vader, all right? So there was no way that these historical villains were, 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 were set to make a return until the very, very last minute, it would appear. And when we got that first teaser trailer in April, so it was April 2019 that we got the first... Um, teaser trailer for The Rise of Skywalker. I remember being sat in a pub in Brighton with Sam just watching the trailer and 
obviously the laugh came at the end and it was Palpatine. Everyone's like, what the hell? So, you know, like kind of stick a pin in that, remember that. And then flash forward. So Kev made a great point about the Star Wars, uh, the Rise of Skywalker visual dictionary and the fact that, um, and I've not read it myself, so I'm taking Kev's word for this one, um, that Palpatine, Exegol, the the Sith acolytes just simply aren't in that. Now, like I said, I've not read that. I've got um, the novelization to read. I've still not read that yet. I've got a few other things to read as well. I mean, I should have thrown Ascendancy coming in the next couple of days. Uh, That should be here early. And Tales from the Clone Wars as well. That's coming this week as well. Anyway, I've not read the Visual Dictionary, but Kev posits that these aren't in there. You know, the Exegol, Palps, they're just simply not in there, which when you tie that up with the fact that the novelization was significantly delayed, so, you know, you've got to bear in mind, and Gaz and I have talked about this before as well, that, the, the, you know, the books come out fairly quickly after the movie. When all the spoilers have died down and so on, the books come out because they want to capitalise on that wave. They want to capitalise on the fans getting involved with it. And... It doesn't make any sense. Gaz and I have spoke about the fact that, wait a second, why did the novelization take so long to come out? Well, it's obviously because they were tweaking it and changing it and trying to involve Palpatine. And obviously, it's clear that that was the case, all right? So, that's what's happened. Skip forward now to this week. Two things, like we said, okay? So, great points from Kevin. Thanks, man. Really enjoyed kind of chatting with you on that. Even though it wasn't too much of a deep conversation, it was a Friday night. Um, but, yeah, just really, really interesting points and, and, and fully wholeheartedly agree with what you said. Fast forward again to this week in terms of the, the news articles, all right? So, you got your Doomcocks over there saying that, wait a second, we're going to be changing things up. You've got Kathleen Kennedy coming out and saying, well, look, there's 25,000 years of in-universe adventure for us to mine and to figure out and then this other news story which is disney wants to get less work now this was reported this week um online and it was basically saying that look disney has tried being aware of social injustice racial injustice and awareness of um like i said racial injustice social injustice so everything um everything from from ethnic inequalities through to um just gender inequality and everything, you know, everything in there. And the, the two films that were that, that are lauded for this, or the two sagas are, of course, the Star Wars saga with, with Rey and so on and so forth, but also Captain Marvel. And, you know, that's always been out there as, as a bit of a, maybe a bit of a problem movie from the perspective of Marvel, maybe not being quite comfortable with it, Brie Larson. Um, I don't know what's going on there, but it seems to be, there seems to be just something going on with it, all right? So... When you put all this together, it just sounds like Disney doesn't know what the deal is, and it kind of worries me from a couple of perspectives. Number one, on one hand, doesn't it, Disney doesn't seem to have the balls to do something gutsy. So to do something where they make Ray um, the protagonist, but also have the foibles and the nuances um, that any normal characterized person, any human being would have, all right? And that's the point of gender equality is that it's not about pedestals. It's about making sure that everyone is represented fairly and honestly, and you're able to tell the stories with any character that you would tell with any other character, regardless of gender, all right? So it's not softening. It's not putting the kid gloves on. That is that is completely not gender equality. Not at all. It's, it's, it really isn't, okay? So that's one thing. And the second thing is this whole idea about them not wanting to be quote unquote work anymore. All right. So work is it's 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 the modern phrase, it's the modern wording for being aware of social injustice, racial injustice, and so on and so forth, which is we all need to be, of course. 
And the fact that Disney or, you know, someone has reported the fact that Disney are just now saying, and this is, this is from the article, Disney now just wants to give customers what they want. The customer is always right. They're going to ignore the trolls. They're going to ignore the backlash and just do what they want to do and go back to selling things as Disney. But it kind of doesn't map. It kind of doesn't map because, number one, you have to, of course, be aware of the world as it is right now. Like you try making Snow White or, you know, try and make, I mean, well, look at Mulan. You know, they've made Mulan um, the live action. They've cut out all the stuff that, that represents gender inequality. That's gone, okay, because it's 2020. And we, we, you've got to make things as at today, okay? You've got to do, and you've got to, you've got to think of an eye on the future. Then... You know, you, you can't say uh, we're going to be less work and give people what we want because, number two, they don't really have the balls to do anything daring with the characters. You know, people people went crazy for The Last Jedi and even internally the Kathleen Kennedy of the world went crazy about this. So you can't, in my view, you can't say we're going to give the customers what they want but then kind of dictate what we want as customers. It kind of doesn't work like that. You know, you've got to have the guts to do something like Lucas did. Um and I think it's just a bit of a challenge for Disney. We've spoke about it before, you know, for a, a corporation to potentially uh, proactively try not to make stuff that's racially and socially aware is ridiculous. And then number two, to have these characters, these IPs, and to not really give them the time of day that they deserve and to go deep into them because they're a little afraid, again, that makes no sense. So you end up in this really weird grey zone, this dead zone where you can't do anything. So everything becomes average and grey and bored and bland. Because it won't take any risks, it won't stand up for anything, it won't show that characters, regardless of gender, regardless of race, are susceptible to the ups and to the downs that everyone is susceptible to. It's, it's this baffling kind of middle ground that I think you find yourself in when you're Disney. And I think this is one of the challenges now with Star Wars, maybe why there's a lot of rumours about Lucas coming back, and even Kathleen Kennedy has said, look, we need to step back and look at what George Lucas created. Because it just doesn't feel like Disney knows what Star Wars is. And when you kind of position that against 2020, when you position it against this awareness of racial and social injustice, this gender inequality, racial inequality, when you you, you know you position it against the, the, the optics of the world right now, you know, the Black Lives Matter protest, the inequality going on there, the oppression going on there, and then suddenly you've got this you've got this bubblegum Star Wars universe. It doesn't map. It doesn't map, and audiences aren't the same as they were in the 70s, the early 80s, and then back again in the 90s and the early 2000s. We're a different audience now. We are a different audience. We are aware of all of these things. So if you're going to do it, you've got to do it, because what customers want, Disney, is not what you were selling to us 50 years ago or 40 years ago, all right? We need strong characters. We need bold stories. We need the balls to do something that tells a fully cohesive story regardless of gender, regardless of ethnic background, we need just characters and stories that are well-written, well-developed, regardless of all of this stuff, all right? We need you to be inclusive. We've got to be there together. So it kind of, yeah, I don't know, it just worries me. It feels, it feels like Disney just don't have their crap together when it comes to Star Wars, and that makes me sad. You know, I'm sure it makes you sad as well, listening to this as a Star Wars fan. But we shall see, you know, what can we do? What can we do? All we can do is hope. It's the only thing that we can do. You know, rebellions are built on hope. But, I don't know, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because George Lucas sold one of our favourite things to one of the biggest corporations in the world. And here we are, what, seven years later? Concerned that 
that corporation hasn't got a clue, not only about Star Wars, but about what's going on in the world. Fuck up, Disney. You can do better. Now, I'll be back next week with Gaz. Thanks for letting me wax lyrical for a few minutes on this. I think it's important to kind of get that out there. If you've got any thoughts on this, please do hit us up on Twitter. You can hit me up personally, at Mr. Asquith, or you can hit us up, rebellion underscore spark, on the Twitter for the show. Hit us up on any of the other socials. And if you want to become a patron, you can, of course, support the show at patreon.com slash sparkofrebellion. So until next time, thank you for listening. Big shout out to Gaz. See you next week, brother. And uh, just remember, the Force will be with you always. Always.